4: This is v Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: Alright, let's talk some tonight on a Tuesday night. And uh, Wes Reynolds, we've got another top ten team about to go down to an unranked team, North Carolina. On the road at Syracuse, down five with over a minute to go.
5: Yeah, one minute left to go uh, up in uh, the, uh, I still call it the Carrier Dome. Uh, Carolina closed eight tonight and uh, 157 on the total. So 77 to 72, 124 left to go. Uh, uh, North Carolina escaped against Miami. Miami. And Syracuse, uh, 15-9, 6-7 and in the ACC, would probably be on the outside looking in at the NCAA tournament at this point. But uh, uh, this win would certainly bolster their case as it looks like uh, they're going to go to the line and we got a foul fest here in the last minute, 22.
2: Uh, this is going to be, I can tell right now, one of those very annoying days for me in college basketball where the, the sides that I passed on turned out to be good mm-hmm. and uh, the, the plays that I actually made are going to turn out to be bad. I passed on Syracuse. I passed on betting against Indiana State with uh, Illinois State, a big dog tonight. You and I talked about this last night. For the first time since Larry Joe Bird played at Indiana State in 1979, the Sycamores are are ranked. They were number one that season. Yeah. Well, they jump into the rankings this week. And tonight, 17-point favorites over Illinois State and about to lose the game in Terre Haute. You said last night... Once the team gets ranked, you got to look to fade them in the next spot. We kept talking about it. Did you make the bet?
5: I did, uh, actually. Uh, Indiana State right now, yeah, I believe that's about to go final. 77 to 64, Illinois yeah. State. And uh, uh, that that's a bad loss for the Trees, the Sycamores. Uh, they've been, I think, one of the really good stories in college basketball. And you're kind of looking at... Okay, this team like looks good enough to make the NCAA tournament, but as an at-large perhaps, but they don't have any signature wins. And now you have a loss at home to a team that uh, is uh, 220 in the Ken Palm, that being the Illinois State Redbirds, 11 and 14. But look, when you get this team that's not, you know, used to being ranked and they finally get ranked. I think they had won like nine in a row coming in, uh, just beat Drake, just beat Bradley. They're at the top of the valley. You get everybody's best shot in that conference because an Illinois State team that's 11 and 14 has had some injuries this year. This is their game of the year because they're not going to a postseason unless they somehow win Arch Madness in St. Louis at the Missouri Valley Tournament. Uh, Meanwhile, Indiana State kind of felt like if they could have ran the table at the end of the regular season, even though there's no real big opponents of note left on the schedule, that if they were going into uh, to uh, Arch Madness at like 28 and three that maybe they didn't have to win that tournament. Maybe the Missouri Valley would have been a two-bid league. Now that margin for error for Indiana State, the third longest active winning streak in the nation at nine games, is now over this evening.
2: How about plus 1,400 on the money line if you bet Illinois State? Did Mm -hmm. you throw anything on that? I I did not. Uh,
5: And uh, I think 80-67 looks like it is going to be the final score. So uh, Indiana State... Goes down tonight, uh, another ranked team uh, uh, that did go down, and we talked about this game last night. They had won several in a row. Uh, how about the uh, Virginia Cavaliers, who all of a sudden, you know, they look like they're figuring it out, kind of started out slow, a little bit disappointing, and they had won several in a row. Pittsburgh goes in and takes care of them very easily, 74-63 to 63 tonight.
2: Let's talk about the games that are about to tip off right now. One in San Diego, Colorado State, San Diego State, Aztecs 6 Point favorites, total of 139 and a half. This is a revenge game. A couple of weeks ago, the Rams took down the Aztecs 79-71 in Fort Collins. And I put the Aztecs on a money line parlay. I did tonight. as well. Did not lay the points. That game's about to tip off. All right. How about Mississippi and Kentucky? you think the Wildcats can lose four in a row at Rupp Arena? I would be careful laying the points here. It's eight and a half. Total is one sixty uh, and a half, 163. But you got Chris Beard on the other bench, and he's got the better defensive team. What'd you do with Kentucky?
5: Yeah, I didn't do anything uh, with uh, Ole Miss and Kentucky. Uh, But I I know that it seems like, okay, this is going to be the bounce-back spot for Kentucky, right? They can't lose four in a row. Uh, But uh, look, uh, Kentucky on the ball just on defensively they have been just dreadful uh i think trey mitchell uh, i haven't seen the late starting lineup here i think he's gonna go he obviously helps even though he's not necessarily a big rim protector but if you watch that game against Gonzaga on Saturday, they could not stop Gonzaga at the rim and from getting to the rim. Uh, uh, Ole Miss, now they're not a team that really likes to do that, but they they run a lot of ISO. They run a lot of stuff off the dribble. That's kind of the personnel that Chris Beard inherited down there at Ole Miss. So, uh, look, uh, Kentucky, I know Cal has kind of been talking about maybe I'm going to mix in a little bit of zone. You know, now, you know, seeing is believing, right? Uh, you know, because a lot of coaches say that and then they don't do it. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have to score a lot of points, though, because they're they're not going to get the stops. And, and Kentucky usually much better defensively. Uh, so I feel like this is a bounce back for Kentucky, and I think they win the game. But that was kind of a heavy price to pay against an Ole Miss team that I think has very much exceeded expectations this year.
2: Yeah, Ole Miss blown out in the second half by Auburn. Blown out at Tennessee. We'll see how the Rebels fare tonight. I did not play that either. Uh, Oklahoma-Baylor tipping off, and uh, that's in Waco. Bears favored by 6.5 or 7. we got a bunch of games about to tip off right now. And just tipped off in the Ohio State-Wisconsin game. Can the Badgers stop their four-game losing streak tonight? Wisconsin is a nine-point favorite in Madison. And uh, I know it's a big number. I threw Wisconsin on a money line parlay just for the hell of it. I've lost too much money betting on Wisconsin.
5: Yeah, the only way I could have looked here on the spread was taking Ohio State at plus nine, but I didn't really want to do that because I felt that this was a very good spot uh, for the Badgers to get right. But, you know, when you got a team that gets gets a relatively long losing streak snapped as Ohio State had, sometimes you tend to loosen up in the next game. And, and, and you know, play play a little bit more loose. It's Wisconsin that's going to be tight because they've got a losing streak and, you know, wanting to snap it here. All of a sudden, uh, they were kind of close, at least the early part of the season. They were in the driver's seat in the Big Ten. Now, there were a lot of games to play, but... All of a sudden, uh, you lose You lose four in a row. You've got Ohio State, who, who, who has been a disappointment. I thought that they were going to be a little bit better. They had lost five in a row, had to go to two overtimes, had to be life and death to beat Maryland, who is better on the road certainly this year than they were last year, but still no real great shakes away from College Park at the Xfinity Center. So I leaned Ohio State, but it was right on the number for me.
2: All right, plenty more college hoops to talk about in the show tonight. I do want to uh, recap the Super Bowl a little bit, and we're going to do some more of this with Chuck Esposito. The Red Rock Sportsbook director is going to join us in the next segment. We're also going to talk about Bears quarterback Justin Fields. Might he be on the move? And uh, which team's a favorite to land fields? Wes? Kyle Shanahan, 49ers coach, trying to save some face today. It's uh, disgraceful. It's it's embarrassing when uh, the players come out and make comments that they didn't know what the overtime rules were in the Super Bowl. And Shanahan taking a lot of shots from critics since the uh, Super Bowl ended Sunday night for not having his team prepared, not having a plan for overtime, and uh, losing the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. A quote today from Shanahan. We told everyone as we were waiting for the coin toss to review everyone to make sure they're make sure they know the rules before we go out. So we asked position coaches to do that. But I did not cover it in a meeting on the Super Bowl week. I don't think that changes anything. Well, there were too many 49ers players who said they didn't know the overtime rules. And at some point, don't you think you've got to, in a team meeting, go over all those overtime rules with the players I, just in case? You've got three playoff games. you got two at home. And then if you win those, you're going to advance to the Super Bowl. Wouldn't you brief your team on the overtime rules just so everybody knows what's up in case you get there?
5: He says it doesn't change anything. It changes everything. It was deciding the Super Bowl there. This is a Super Bowl for the Super Bowl, Jim, as uh, Tony Romo would say. But yeah, you've got you've got to have everything planned out because you have two weeks. You have two weeks to prepare for this. And I I, I don't want to necessarily rephrase it as coaching malpractice, but. That's a quick I'm you, yeah. tired of that cliche. You got but, but, but you got you got to cover every nook and cranny. This is this is 2 weeks. We know how these coaches live in the NFL. They work the 15-hour days and you know, get 4 and 5 hours of sleep. They're on your sleep schedule uh, for that. So, you got to be you got to be able to cover this a little bit. I, I was uh, very surprised to see the San Francisco 49ers who are not exactly, I think a ragtag organization. Oh. I think a very professionally run organization from the top down, and just just got caught and, and didn't know the rules.
2: If you overlook any little detail, there's a chance it's going to come back to bite you. you got to brief your team on the overtime rules. Now, Brock Purdy said the quarterback's coach, Brian Greasy, did give him a heads up on the rules at the end of regulation before overtime. I would hope Purdy knew the rules before that. If you're mm-hmm. a quarterback, you sure as hell better know the rules in overtime. Sure. I knew the rules, and I was talking with a friend down here. We were watching a game in the Circus Sportsbook, and he kept saying, talking about the clock, the clock. I said, look, yeah. the clock's so relevant. Both teams get a possession.
5: Okay, yeah. It, yeah. It's almost, even though there was a clock on there, it's almost ex-officio college football rules. Right. Uh, you know, a little bit different, but both teams get the ball. So, you know. You, you defer. Now, that was the first time that scenario happened, so I'm not necessarily killing San Francisco for taking the ball first, but because you don't want to give it. It's like, oh, we don't want to give Patrick Mahomes the ball first. Well, it's like he's going to get the ball at some point.
2: I'm giving more credit to Andy Reid for having a plan. Right. Going into it to say, hey, right. we don't want the ball first. We're going to put the ball on Patrick Mahomes and seconds, we know exactly what we need to do, and if it's if we need a touchdown, we're going to go for two, and that's how we're going to nullify the advantage of the other team getting uh, a two to one. Sure, possession.
5: I mean, look, there's a reason why Andy Reid is going to go to the Hall of Fame uh, now, a uh, three-time Super Bowl champion.
2: I did not like the way he coached the first. No,
5: I didn't either, but like we were saying, they're the better adjusters, maybe not the better game planners of those two matches.
2: 25-22, only the second Super Bowl out of 58 to go to overtime. Chuck Esposito, Red Rock Sportsbook Director, on deck. VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the
4: Sports Betting Network.
2: If you're looking for a betting edge or in college basketball, call Wes Reynolds directly. Or you can also follow all the other vCIN experts in addition to Wes Reynolds and become a vSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. slash subscribe today. Sign up only $9.99. B-S-I-N dot com slash subscribe. Chuck Esposito, Red Rock Sportsbook Director, joins us now. And uh, the Nevada gaming numbers came in last night while we were on air. We talked about it. A record Super Bowl handle in this state. 185.6 million. The win-loss for the books, 6.8 was the win. 6.8 million, and that's 3.7 as a hold percentage. And uh, Chuck joins us now. Chuck, how are the numbers... At Station Casinos, because uh, you guys take a lot of action. Was it the biggest Super Bowl you ever had in terms of a wagering handle?
4: It was, Matt. It was the largest we ever had, a huge jump over last year of uh, close to 40%. Um, and I think we kind of chatted about it. Uh, the way the early wagers were coming in, that was a clear indication, even you know almost two weeks out, that this had the potential to be a record handle here in Nevada.
2: All right, the handle was up. Thirty. Let's see, two million over last year. Only six million over the record of uh, two years ago. And uh, Chuck, the win was relatively small for uh, the state, but it was not a loss for the state. What was uh, the win loss like for you at your books?
4: Pretty much mirrored what the state was, Matt. We uh, we definitely were Forty Nine er fans, although the larger wagers came in on the Niners. Um, the ticket count clearly favored the Chiefs, both straight and money line, both close to that 70% clip. Uh, but the real thing that helped the, to keep it a win for us was that the game went under. We never went below 47.5, had ticked up to you know 48 a few times, but 74% of the tickets were on the over. So we were huge under fans. So that half point made a huge difference, I think not only for us, but I think for the bottom line uh, for the state as
5: well. Chuck, in terms of the props, uh, how did those treat you? We know, obviously, if people bet the overtime, everybody got hit on that at around 9-1 to at market average. But other than that, how did the player props and the game props treat you out there?
4: Overall, West the props were really good. I think when you look at the the game itself, with the Chiefs winning um, the second half, uh, with the Chiefs winning the the live or in play with the Chiefs winning, um, and then the uh, the overtime were not good for our side. But pretty much everything else, um, it, although the total was only a half a point under that forty-seven and a half, there wasn't a lot of scoring. So a lot of the player props, you had a lot more field goals. A lot of the player props stayed under, which was good for us. A lot of the kelsey stuff did he didn't score multiple touchdowns i think the same game parlays where there's you know multiple things have to occur in the game i don't think one of them hit uh for the three pages that we had up of i think 50 or 60 of those props so overall props futures first half of the game were all good and it was paramount that kept keeping it under uh, but the other three things really went, went in the guest favor
2: Yeah, if that were a really high-scoring game with bigger offensive numbers, it could have been really ugly uh, for the books, but not the case. And Patrick Mahomes, the MVP, and he was the favorite, so that's probably a good result for you, right?
4: It was, Matt. I mean, we we did not want uh, Kelsey to win MVP. Um, and again, had that had the game gone over, I think it would have been really a bad outcome. You you probably would have seen a a red number statewide because so much money was pouring in on the over. I know that the sharp money came in on the under, but it was so heavy uh, for the public betting these two teams and over, especially the Chiefs and over. That uh, it, it really saved the day, I think, as an industry by keeping it under, even though it was only by a half a point.
2: Chuck West and I have been talking about this a lot the last two days. Kyle Shanahan tried to save face today. Uh, what did you think in overtime and then what you heard after the game when the 49ers players said they didn't know? Some of them said they didn't know the overtime rules. You, were, the people you talked to, were there, was there a lot of confusion about the new overtime rules?
4: I think there was, Matt. I, we, we knew what they were, and, and I think we, we were talking about it internally that you don't want the ball first. You want to take the ball second. So I was really surprised they took the ball first because we're in an analytics and a math industry now, um, and so much of it's that. And the fact that you knew if you scored either three or six, or three or seven, is that you're going to give the ball to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and they're going to have four downs. Every series. Um, I thought it was, you, you want to know what you have to do to either tie or win. I thought it was strategically a huge mistake by the Niners uh, to take the ball first.
5: Chuck, uh, Matt mentioned at the top, obviously, a statewide record for a uh, Super Bowl handle with uh, one hundred and eighty five point six million dollars eclipsing the uh, Rams Bengals from uh, two years ago. But there were a lot of people around town and I was one of them that thought maybe this was the year to eclipse two hundred million. Uh, were you surprised to see it just fall short?
4: I was, guys. I really thought it could get to that number or greater. Again, I'm going back to the fact that, you know, when we put that number up over two weeks ago, within the first 24 to 48 hours, you were seeing some six-figure wagers come in, not only with us, but I know industry-wide. And I really felt that if that was any indication. And the ticket counts were up on everything that we were measuring, you know, day-to-day to the same time last year. Um, I really felt it was going to be more than $200 million. Still happy that we saw the, uh, the uptick. And then I I think Vegas put on a tremendous show and can't wait for it to be back here again. Um, But a little surprised that it didn't eclipse the 200 million mark.
2: Chuck Esposito, Red Rock Sportsbook with us. And uh, Chuck, guys like Todd Dewey of the Las Vegas Review-Journal and others take a poll before the game and ask you for your pick and a score. Who'd you go with? uh, Who was your Super Bowl prediction to win?
4: I hit the total right on, Matt. I actually had my prediction as 24 23 San Francisco winning with a last second field goal so it wasn't exactly on but it was uh, was a pretty close I really thought uh, the Niners were the better team on paper that although the Chiefs had number 15 and we know how good they are and coming back as a dog and, or winning two playoff games as a, as a dog that the Niners were just the better team and had more talent offensively but once again 15 proved you just can't give him points in a big game
2: well you took the points the dog covered my pick was Chiefs 27 27- 24 Chuck, when you watched the game, did you feel like the Niners were kind of blowing an opportunity when they didn't build a bigger lead in the first half and let Mahomes hang around? Because, you know, after the game, even when you win with the Chiefs, you kind of feel like, well, the Niners were the better team most of the time, but they blew it.
4: I thought they blew it early in the second half, too, Matt. They kicked off. They had that. they had the interception that occurred um, deep in. I mean, they were in there. They were around midfield, but they threw three straight times and, and had to punt. They got the ball back again and threw three straight times. They had two series in the second half with not horrible field position and lost two yards. And I thought those were two golden opportunities, especially coming out of the locker room, intercepting around midfield and not being able to generate. For whatever reason, those first 20 or 25 plays clearly scripted. And I thought their offense was really balanced and did well running the ball. They got away from that in the second half. And I really think it cost them, especially on those first two drives.
5: Chuck, a brief detour here uh, from football and, uh, Now we got to move on. NFL is over. Got to have other things to bet on. Of course, uh, NBA well underway. College basketball certainly going to draw interest as we get to March Madness. But not just on the men's side, on the women's side. And I believe you guys put up an interesting prop. Of course, uh, the uh, superstar at the University of Iowa, Caitlin Clark, about to break the NCAA scoring record. So I think you guys just released this yesterday. Tell us about it
4: yeah, we put up a fun prop. As you guys know, we like to be kind of out in front of it and capitalize on whatever is kind of the hot story in sports. And how can we kind of transcend that into a, a gaming piece? And with her only, uh, uh seven points away from tying, uh, Kelsey plum that, uh, eight points. Will her eighth point be scored via a three pointer, a two point field goal, or a free throw. So just kind of wanted to have some fun with this on her game on Thursday night. And it's drawn a lot of tickets and a lot of media attention as well. Um, but they are some fun props to put up.
5: The ratings, Matt, for the uh, for women's basketball have actually been up and uh, really trending up here uh, the last couple of years, largely because mm-hmm. of Caitlin
2: Clark. That has a lot to do with it. All right, Chuck. Back to football. We got one more question for you. You're a Chicago <laughs> Bear. You're a Bears fan. And at uh, the DraftKings today, Justin Fields to the Steelers became the favorite. That's the team that uh, he's a favorite to be play with next at minus one twenty five. Bears have that. Uh, The Bears are sitting in a really good position in the draft at number one, obviously with two picks in the top ten. What do you think they're going to do with fields, and do you think the Steelers should be the favorites, or do you still feel like the Atlanta Falcons are going to be prominent in this?
4: I still think it's going to be Atlanta, Matt. Um, I know there's been a lot of buzz lately with the Steelers. I think the Bears do take Caleb Williams number one, unless somebody really comes up with you know three – first round picks and multiple players. I just don't think that happens. I think that the bears are in a good spot that you could kind of have a little bit of a bidding war for fields and you might be able to get a first round pick. Um, but I think Atlanta, he's from that area. They've got a lot of young pieces there with Pitts, London and Robinson. He'd be a natural fit for that Falcon offense. For me, I still think the Falcons are the favorite, but the Steelers are getting a whole lot of buzz over the last 24 hours.
2: And you got to like the position the Bears are in. Uh, they tend to do the wrong thing, but it's going to be tough to screw this one up, Chuck. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you had to say that, right, Matt? You know, I, I, you know, when, when you think about it, most teams that are drafting number one are a really bad team. The Bears were a seven-win team, and they're not that far away. So you're right, they're in a pretty good spot.
2: You know, and the Bears could have had Patrick Mahomes at one point. You had, you had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs>
4: you
2: <bring> <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky. Trade up for Trubisky. All right, Chuck. Thanks. Appreciate the time, man.
4: All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Chuck. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network.
2: All right, welcome back to The Big Show. The sent Tonight presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. And uh, Wes, just watching your commercial, Bojangles, one of the uh, top-rated fast food chicken spots in this country, but we don't have that on the West Coast. And uh, as all these fast food joints start to relocate or, let's say, uh, move to Las Vegas, kind of like Major League Sports franchises are, mm-hmm. what do you think we can get a Bojangles out of here?
5: Well, uh, yeah, apparently it was announced last summer that there were plans to uh, open uh, some uh, Bojangles out uh, out here in Las Vegas and uh, out toward the West Coast. Of course, it was founded in Charlotte, North Carolina. i did,
2: uh, Bojangles in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. So that yeah. was like, yeah, would say, eight years ago.
5: Yeah. It was, uh, uh, spot. Was, uh, as we were coming back, I uh, was uh, singing a little of uh, the nitty-gritty uh, dirt band song, Mr. Bojangles. Which... Uh, uh, I look, uh, it's bow time. It's bow time here in Las Vegas. Let's go. Let's get them up. Hey, we got a lot burger up last week on the strip.
2: Yep. Remember back when Chick-fil-A was, was um, uh, turning its nose up at Las Vegas. Yes. Like Chick-fil-A was too good to be here. Yes. Yeah. Okay,
5: and then they figured out this was a good market, and then uh, I like
2: the NFL. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. hey, can make some money out there. Hell,
5: they were they Las were they they, they they were waiting in line down the Las Vegas Boulevard uh, for a Popeye's chicken sandwich for God's sakes. Oh, no. So they will support it if if you build it, people will come.
2: I saw this report today on Twitter. I figured you knew all about it. Brandon Marshall, former NFL wide receiver, said that Taylor Swift had Kanye West removed from the Super Bowl. I d-
5: I saw that, but I but I was not aware of that. Uh, if if he was in fact uh, in attendance uh, for Super Bowl Fifty Eight, I don't know. I I don't know if that's true or not. No,
2: I thought you would know
5: if anybody. I I, I, I cannot confirm nor deny that report. All right. from Brandon Marshall.
2: Back to football in a minute, but let's update college hoops. San Diego State off to a slow start, and that's an understatement. Twenty-two, twelve. Colorado State leads in the first ten minutes of the game in San Diego, and actually, it was I believe seventeen to three. Yeah, yeah. So the aspects have closed the gap a little bit.
5: Yeah, they did, and and this is one of those. If you're on the Aztecs, it's like, okay, can they maybe cut it to like two possessions going into halftime? Even if uh, even if they don't take the lead, certainly there's plenty of time uh, left here in the first half. There's already uh, only 10 minutes gone in the game. Uh, uh, Strong with nine points. Lamar Stevens with six. Cartier with seven for Colorado State. So 22 to 14. And look, the Aztecs, by the way have been like real and that's why you're paying a tax in the number they have been really awesome in this situation uh, i think uh mark ziegler who's the beat writer of the san diego union tribune said that san diego State at viejas in a home game following a loss 33 and zero never lost in that situation
2: well they have lost but just not in the last 33
5: games. Right, right, right. So 33-0 and 0 in, their, in their last 33. So obviously,
2: uh, they lost the 40, 34th time.
5: They they did, but still 33 in a row is pretty good. And then speaking of that, San Diego State has now cut it to six.
2: St. John's goes down to Providence. Friars closed two-point favorites. The total, 146.5. How about this? It lands 147. 75-72. And I tell you, Rick Patino's running out of time to pick up quality yeah. wins. The Johnny's on the bubble. They might be on the wrong side yeah, of Yeah, they're right 14
5: now. and eleven, and 6 and 8 in the conference. If you look at what their best wins are, they beat Utah. That's a very solid win. Uh, Utah's starting to fade though. They, they beat better. Xavier. They won uh beat Butler, won at uh swept Villanova, uh split with Providence, beat him at home. But you know, you're gonna have to be one of the big guys. You're gonna have to beat a Creighton. Uh, they don't have another game with UConn because they've already been swept in the season series. So if you look, the, the Creighton game is really the only like chance for a signature win. They still got Butler on the schedule and Seton Hall, but I don't know if that's really going to improve you that much. So uh, uh, St. John's might have to make a run in the garden in the mm-hmm. Big East tournament.
2: Illinois 97-68 over Michigan. Michigan is just Bet against the Wolverines on the road. And uh, tonight, the Illini laid 16.
5: 31 for uh, TJ Shannon uh, tonight for the Illini. So, uh, yeah, Michigan, of course, we know they're without Doug McDaniel. He's got that suspension on the road, that weird thing.
2: McDaniel really is, I think, their best player.
5: He is. He gives them their only chance. Yeah, this Michigan team, a real disappointment. Illinois now outright second behind Purdue in the Big Ten.
2: How about Duquesne and Dayton? You want to talk about the bizarre finish to this game? With Dayton ended up winning 75-59. We got a tweet from uh, Jay at Touchdown
5: Jesus, a Very good, Twitter, clever Twitter handle, by the way. And uh, Duquesne was, uh, I believe, getting nine at the close tonight. Because when I walked in and looked at the board, I saw Keith Danbrott uh, getting a technical foul uh, in the game. So they were up with 636 left. They're up four. So you get nine. You're like, okay, you're probably you can, in very you're, good shape to cut.
2: You're ahead by four, catching nine. How could you lose?
5: Uh, well, you could lose by giving up a 21 to nothing run. It was 57 to 53. By the way, the final score ended up being 75 to 59. So a 22 to two run to end the game. For the Dayton Flyers, that
2: is sickening. If you bet Duquesne, yeah, that and, is sick.
5: And 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 Duquesne had started to play, and and Ron Skinny boyles was in with us. He said, "Watch this team; they're starting to play better ball, and they certainly have." But uh, not not a very good close uh, when you've got an opportunity to get your biggest win of the season at Dayton. Uh, Hopefully,
2: Skinny was not on Duquesne. Tonight.
5: I, I hope he was not either. Dayton now twenty and four. I, I think Dayton. That's one of those leagues you got to watch to see if there's a too big league because I think Dayton probably who beat St. John's, by the way, we just talked about a minute ago. Uh, Dayton probably has enough of a good profile, barring disaster, to make the NCAA tournament as an at-large. So the A-10 could be a two-bid league. Maybe Richmond, maybe VCU, or Loyola wins the A-10 tournament. So bid-stealers, perhaps.
2: Bad loss for Buzz Williams tonight. and uh, That's a horrible loss. That's okay. I don't, I'm not a big Buzz fan. <laughs> Texas a a nine point favorite at DraftKings at closing time goes down 74 73 at Vandy. Good to see the Commodores get the win. Now.
5: Yeah, Ezra Mangin uh, with a uh, shot at the buzzer. V- v- Vanderbilt's been really, really struggling for Jerry Stackhouse. Six and 17, one and nine in the SEC. Get the buzzer beat a win. That's a bad loss for AM. And AM uh, does have some good wins. Look, they beat Iowa State, who, by the way, they, they truck Cincinnati. Uh, that didn't go our way tonight. Uh, uh, but they beat Iowa State, they beat Kentucky, they beat Florida, they beat Tennessee. Yep. But A and M has a couple really bad losses: the loss at Arkansas, obviously a team that's a lot more down than we anticipated, and then that loss at Vanderbilt. It's not just who you beat; it's who you lose to.
2: Well, that's the thing: if you have some quality wins on your resume, you can have a couple bad losses to balance it out. Indiana State does not have. No, they don't have on. that luxury, and that's what stinks for the Sycamores. 17 point favorites tonight. They go down to Illinois State 80 to 67 in Terre Haute. You know, if Indiana State had a big time win, you could say, okay, it kind of cancels it out. But the Sycamores don't have a big time win. So. Now they're probably going to have to win the Missouri Valley tournament. Well, and beginning. we and we pointed and we pointed this you say out Illinois last State night. Illinois State is and Kim Palm two twenty.
5: Yeah, they're in the two hundreds uh, and eleven and fourteen on the season. And Had a couple guys out with injury.
2: Can't lose that game.
5: And we talked about that last night. And said this is a tricky spot for Indiana State. Bet it accordingly. Illinois State gets the outright win. One of the reasons I kind of anticipated that, and I even liked it a little bit more when I saw. I don't know who tweeted it, but I saw it on on the X uh, that India that some ESPN crews were in town to do a feature on Robbie Avala, of course, the bespeckled big guy uh, for Indiana State. And when you're a team and you start getting that national media attention, man, that spotlight uh, shines bright on kids that aren't used to it. And it certainly well, it's did tonight. Right? It absolutely is. It and then everybody's everybody's excited and everybody's yep. patting you on the back. And we, look, I didn't focus. expect him to lose outright as 18-point favorites, but...
2: Lose focus on uh, the task at hand and the work that needs to be done. And the Sycamores came out tonight and started one for 17 from three-point. range. Yeah. North Carolina, a eight-point favorite, loses at Syracuse 86-79. to And Virginia, a seven-point home favorite, loses to Pitt 74-63. That game was in Charlottesville. Yeah,
5: that's a, I was on Pitt tonight. That was that. That was a pretty good win uh, for Pittsburgh. Kind of a team that's in that middle, that second level of of, of the ACC. By the way, they started one and five in the ACC because they had a. You know, they played a soft schedule in the non conference and came out of it pretty okay. But they were one and five. I believe they have now won uh, six of their last seven. Uh, win at Duke. Granted, uh, Duke had a couple guys out for that game, but still it counts. Win over Wake Forest. Win at Virginia. Uh, Pittsburgh starting to make its way uh, back onto the right
2: side of the bubble. Yeah, I'm a little irritated myself for uh, betting Cincinnati tonight because I was concerned. I was on that too, yeah. Well, I was concerned about the spot post Houston. They had a tough game against Houston over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You are kind of looking to fade Iowa State on the road, play on the Cyclones and home. But I don't like betting a team after a big game like that. And Cincinnati had a big game against Houston, came up short, and you could tell right away tonight that the Bearcats didn't have a lot of gas in the tank out of the gate.
5: Yeah, and you've got Iowa State too, by the way, uh, uh, who has won three in a row now in the top ten in the AP poll. Good win for Iowa State. They get a win, and they get another team off a big win. They get Texas Tech at home on Saturday.
2: Iowa State was a two-point dog on the road in that 68-59 win at Cincinnati. More college hoops, more NBA, more Justin Fields. Stay tuned.
4: VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network.
2: This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new players can deposit $5 to get a no swept bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet loses, download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook promo code VSIN. If your first bet was on uh, Cincinnati tonight, that would have lost, and uh, you could have. Got the DraftKings bonus. Wes, let's uh, talk more college hoops here in a minute, but I wanted to throw this at you because last night we were talking about Super Bowl betting in Nevada and how to make it easier for the public, the players. Well, I saw this tweet today from Pro Football Talk because I said, if I were a bookmaker, I would not want to put up all these what color is the Gatorade type of props, who's going to sing... Whatever song in a halftime show, I don't want to put that stuff up because that information can get out there. So if you want to book that offshore, fine. If I'm a bookmaker in Nevada, that's not going up on my book. Pro Football Talk just put this out. There's plenty of inside information that can affect NFL betting, and the league can't possibly control all of it. The latest example, someone apparently blabbed about the color of the Kansas City Chiefs Gatorade. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
5: you know, as the more I was thinking about this... I would this, not put up those problems. The more I was thinking about that... the 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 national books uh you know like the like the mgms and and the DraftKings and and those folks they can put that up because as johnny avello says on our network because it's so wide and there's just so much more volume of course johnny was out here for many years as an odds maker spent a lot of time at the win on the strip so at like johnny's old stomping grounds at the win yeah you don't put that up there because you just don't have the handle and the volume that a, that a DraftKings or a BetMGM or some of these national shops are, are going to have. If you're, you know, maybe if you're the satellite books, you know, the MGMs out here, the Caesars, you can maybe get away with that. But if, like, you're a one-stop shop and a sole independent book like Superbook over at, at Westgate or South Point or Circa right here behind us, you absolutely can't put that up.
2: Like you said last night, you could keep the limits low, but I wouldn't even put it up. Because, yeah. So you could have one guy hit you fifteen times on that prop. Now now maybe I'm, maybe book more
5: and what I was saying too, like the general point was booking more of the entertainment props. Not necessarily those. Right. But you know, if you wanna if you wanted to do the Taylor Swift camera shots or whatever, and I don't know how much handled how much that would drive, but I mean there'd be somebody though bet it. Somebody bets everything. So you know you got to be able and 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 it was just a general point and and uh, chris Sanook at las vegas chris on twitter i think really reinforced that you got to get out of this like old way of thinking Like, I agree with you. Don't put up Gatorade or something like that. But you got to be able to put up like more entertainment stuff out here and give betters more options to get more people in the door, Uh get more people betting, you know, get them them downloading the apps. Uh, Desktop wagering certainly would help. I would certainly appreciate that to not have to go every single time at the counter if the app is down to have to bet something. But yeah, I I do think gaming out here needs to kind of get out of that old school way of thinking because they have competition. Competition now uh, i know that the betting handle for sports betting is small and you know very very small and minuscule compared to like slots and table games but it's still a big amount of money and i would think you want as many people doing it as possible so you got to get a little bit more creative and maybe stretch your rules change your rules there at gaming and allow different type of wagers to be available got a lot
2: of competition now yeah, and uh, well, Nevada Gaming has loosened up some of the some of the rules with the awards years. markets. Because remember, you couldn't bet the awards markets out here years ago. Everything you, had to be decided on a field yeah, of play. You couldn't. And that you, has changed recently. You couldn't bet. You couldn't bet
5: Olympics. So. Uh, you know the the stuff that's judged like gymnastics and figure skating, which are two of the more popular sports in the Olympics. Uh, like even even over at Superbook, uh, you know, I had a conversation with Jeff Sherman about this. He's like, "Yeah, we'll put up like track and field." And stuff because because that's not really judged. It's whoever crosses the line first wins the race. So they would put up stuff like that in the basketball, but they wouldn't put up the the gymnastics or figure skating or anything. Well, pro like that. They, they they should book pro wrestling uh, out here. Actually, there are some uh, there are some faraway stores that do that, and uh, you know. But when the script leaks, you start seeing the money move. So I always wonder if someone like Wait, the town script. Yes, you didn't know that. Oh. Well, but 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 you know even though there's a script Matt it's what I always say pro wrestling is real people are fake
2: <laughs> all right let's uh, update what's happening in college hoops for a minute whiskey up 13 at the half 34 21 over Ohio State Badgers close nine point favorites total of uh, 138 Colorado State still uh up on San Diego State late in the first half. And uh, that's 37-28 to 28 Rams over the Aztecs. Yeah, they've made it closer, and then Colorado
5: State stymies their run pretty much every single time. So well, the Rams have been red hot from three
2: to start this game. We'll see if that shooting cools off in the second yeah, if half. Yeah, you're,
5: if you're on the Aztecs here, if you can get this to like six or seven at the half, I still think you'd feel pretty good.
2: Unless you laid the six. Yes, exactly. You, you, you feel
5: two. pretty good to win the game, I should say. But back to what you had, the Ohio State-Wisconsin you were talking about. Ohio State nine of twenty-six and two of nine from the three. This is uh Chris Holtman in
2: long for Columbus. Been saying that for a long time. Yeah,
5: Ohio State, I they can get the, their pick of really good coaches too.
2: When the Buckeyes blew that big lead to Indiana and lost last week, that was it for Holt.
5: Yeah. And they and then they had to fight like to the death, basically, to beat Maryland mm-hmm. in double overtime on Saturday. So uh Buckeyes down double digits.
2: How about Kentucky and Ole Miss? This is going to be a good game, a good finish tonight. It looks like 30 25. Kentucky's up. Wildcats were down. Uh, But now inside four minutes, they got the lead back ahead by five, trying to avoid a four game losing streak at Rupp Arena. Had never lost three in a row in that arena, Wes. Yeah. And um, they lost to Florida. Tennessee. Tennessee and, and Gonzaga. Gonzaga. And Gonzaga, 4 2. Do Tennessee, you think Gonzaga. that
5: that win was enough to put Gonzaga in the tournament?
2: I think it's enough to put Gonzaga in like the first four in or yeah. first four out. Yeah. Zags don't have any big time wins. And uh, obviously, they still got a shot to win the West Coast Conference. And this Kentucky,
5: if they, if they keep losing, that's not going to be. Look, they're still ranked 22 in the country, but right. their their profile is a little bit more shaky uh, than the ranking. By the way, 32-27 now, three minutes left to go in uh, first half. Kentucky, minus 11.5, 156.5. This total closed uh, 163. I would
2: think that Gonzaga's not going to lose all three games to St. Mary's. You wouldn't think so? I don't think so. So if, if they get swept in the regular season series, I would actually bet on the Zags to win the West Coast Conference Tournament down here. I think they're going to win one of those games. Baylor up on Oklahoma 34-23 late in the first half. Baylor closed six and a half point favorite. You know what team's not such a joke anymore is the Louisville. And Sky Clark is out tonight for the Cardinals. They're 10, let's see, closed. At some spots, 10 point dogs. DraftKings actually had this eight and a half. The rest of the market at nine and a half or 10. Louisville up forty four thirty eight late in the first half. They're not great. At look, they're, look, they're they're eight and sixteen, uh, but well, they, they have they're, been. I'm just they're not a big joke. Yeah, they're just not well, getting they blown,
5: won out they won days. two games uh, in the ACC last year. Yeah. They've already won three um, last uh, year.
2: Wasn't Louisville three and twenty eight?
5: Yeah. Louisville, uh, yeah. Last year, Louisville had uh, uh, four wins: Western Kentucky, Florida A Georgia Tech at home, and Clemson at home. They've already got three conference wins, uh, including at Miami, beat Florida State at home. Uh, just coming off a win on Saturday against Georgia Tech, so you know, three and ten. They lost by two at Syracuse, and and that could have went either way. They only lost by six at Clemson. Uh, they only lost by six at home to NC State. So they've had some competitive games. So. At least they're trying, even though they are uh, way down at that program.
2: Four and twenty-eight last season. So this is actually a big improvement in Kenny yeah. Payne's
5: so so, so 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 are they buying into Kenny Payne? Because we've already, I think, kind of deemed him like dead man walking. Uh, look, when you're Louisville, though, you should get the uh, you know, one of the top flight coaches.
2: And they will. Uh BYU, 12 and a half point favorite tonight, late first half up, 34-24 over UCF. Let's talk about this game The tips at 7 p.m. Air Force. San Jose State, Spartans getting a little bit of money in the market up to three and three three and a half point favorites. It was two and a half overnight and a total of 134. I decided not to
5: play. Yeah, that. I didn't play this either, too. Kind of the bottom feeder. San Jose State, by the way, has lost seven in a row. And uh, uh you know, the best team to probably stop that streak would be Air Force uh, coming in, but uh. Yeah, you know, Falcons have, have proven that they, they can give some solid efforts at times, uh, even though they're off a home loss to Fresno on Saturday.
2: Let's hit on this NBA game that's about to tip. at 7 p.m. Pacific, Sacramento at Phoenix. And the Suns, four-and-a-half-point favorites, total and a half. Looks like the total's moving up just a little bit in the market before tip in Phoenix.
5: Yeah, everybody pretty much healthy. Trey Lyle's out for Sacramento, but uh, I actually went with Devin Booker under 29 and a half points this time, uh, even with a high total and high base game, because I think he's going to get Keegan Murray as the defensive matchup. Keegan Murray, probably the best defender uh, in that lineup for Sacramento.
2: Two NBA games going to tip in the next hour. T-Wolves at Portland and Pistons at Lakers. Pistons on a uh, strong trend of covering as double-digit underdogs. And uh, they are getting 10.5. No tonight. lineup like.
5: announcement yet for the Lakers. We'll have that on the other side. LeBron and AD, as usual, listed as questionable.
2: Or NFL. We're going to talk Justin Fields, too, when we come back. Hour number two on v Tonight, the Sports Betting Network.